it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome, everyone, to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am, indeed, your underfished host, Hopalong John Cassidy. You know, a lot of times I say, hey, welcome, Southern California, but then when I go to the Rod and Reel Radio Listen Live site, it is amazing all the places, not only around the United States, but literally around the world, of the listeners that are listening to us live at rodandreelradio.com. So if uh, you miss any of the show or just go uh, to the archive page afterwards, I've had a lot of people asking about the interview that we did with Mike Ferrier last week and then also Greg Stokesbury. Just two great interviews talking about our heritage here in the Southern California when it comes to fishing big fish. So if you missed last week's show, hey, go and check it on out because I think it's one of the better shows that we've put on in a little bit. So, hey, let me tell you about, though, what we've got in store for you tonight. <clears throat> right out of the gate, Troy Linder will be with us, and he'll be reminiscing and telling us stories of his uncle Ron, who together with Al Linder started the Inn Fisherman and were a jargonaut in the Midwest, but taught a lot of us a lot about fishing, not only for bass, but walleye and pike and all types of fishing. So Troy Linder will be with us first out of the gate. And then later on, we will have Greg Arisby with us from Land's End Charters. Greg will be uh, uh, with us to talk about what's happening down in Cabo San Lucas, the conditions, uh, fishing conditions, and a little bit more about Land's End Charters. And then at 6 o'clock, boy, Stan has been petitioning me for I don't know how long to get this next guest on. And he isn't always available because he is one of the most traveled fishermen I think we've ever had on Rod and Reel Radio. It just so happens during December he's back in town. He's just back from a trip to Brazil. He's from Adventure Travel Alliance. It's Mr. Steve Yatomi. So Steve Yatomi will be with us at 6 o'clock. But before we start anything, let's first let me introduce our co-host. First of all, this individual is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT, pretty darn good fresh and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing this evening? Uh, good evening, everybody. But so far, so good. John and Wynn, you know, I, I finally fished our last tournament of the year this last Saturday. I was fighting for Angler of the Year. I missed it by two points. And and that two points was the last fish in the last tournament I unbuttoned, and that would have given me 
four to five points when I would have made it. So the yeah. difference in winning and losing in bass fishing is sometimes just one fish away at the end of the year, too. So, but great time, had a great year, can't complain. Thought I was going to be able to get it two years in a row, which is pretty, pretty unheard of, but close, close, no cigar, but a lot of fun. All right. Good going, Stan, and congratulations. You are the antithesis of of constant fishing and consistently finishing high up in the standings to be in the running like that. Congratulations on a great year, even though the conditions were somewhat adverse. Uh, if uh, <laughs> you look at the covert situation altogether, I would say that that's a understatement. But it was fun nonetheless, and and you know the cool part about it, the fishing world just kind of moved around whatever we had to do to maintain uh, what we needed to do, be safe. And, and one, if you're six feet away from somebody on the water, we just had an accident. So <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. You had tons of, of airtime and, uh, and we had a lot of fun during the year and look forward to what we're going to be able to do next year. You know, the, I've got to say, you know, running a, a tackle store and the other things that we do over here that, Fishermen are a very ingenious group. They're very persistent. They found ways to go fishing. They found ways to social distance. As we see with our sports fishing industry, they're finding ways to stay on the water so we can still go out there and fish. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about, more about persistence with our next guest uh, here in just a little bit. But before we get to him, let me introduce the other co-host of Ron Real Radio, she is the national sales manager for Iserline, represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She is also an expert fisherman and hunter in her own right, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Hello there. You know, we were talking about the cold earlier, and boy, is it cold in the mornings. Friday morning, we got up really early to go uh, fish for some rockfish and froze our butts off. So I enjoyed the sun when it came out, let me tell you. <laughs> I'll vote for that, man. Come on, sun. <laughs> now, you know, Wendy, the fish didn't care whether you were cold or not, because where they're coming from, it's always, a, what, a constant 42 degrees or whatever? I, You know what? I don't know. I think they were cold, too, because it was pretty tough. <laughs> it was pretty well, tough, but uh, we were able to catch some fish after fishing all day long and we lucked out and sold out in about an hour and a half. Wow, wow. that's great that the, your customers appreciate your persistence and the effort you go through as a commercial fisherman to get them fresh product at a price they can afford. It's it's a win-win situation. Absolutely. And all you know right. what? I like it. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, guys, let's go to our first guest. Uh, he is a guest that we've had on before talking about his progress in the fishing industry, but also we got some bad news uh, over the uh, the past week that uh, one of the members of In Fisherman, Ron Linder, who is uh, Troy's uh, uncle, passed away. And I thought we'd ask Troy Linder to come on, talk a little bit about his uncle, some of the remembrances, and remind people just what a dynamic duo Ron and his dad, Al, were in the fishing industry. So, Let's waste no time in introducing Troy. Troy Linder. Troy, how you doing tonight, yeah, John. sir? John, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. No, Troy, thanks a lot for being with us. First of all, 
in the fact that I don't know, are you still on the West Coast or have you gone to the Midwest or where are you right now? Uh, both. I just got in. I was. I just left. Um, I just left LAX not uh, just yesterday and got in here to Minnesota for the funeral. Uh, that's tomorrow. So oh, uh, we got the funeral tomorrow. So um, I'm back here in Minnesota just for a couple of days and back to SoCal. All right. Well, yeah. Just tell me, your dad Al, and how's the rest of the family doing? Was this? Uh, Something that was kind of expected, even though it's it's never really, you know, well-received. Uh, you know, you're talking about an individual that probably led one heck of a dynamic life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, um, I guess it, it, kind of what you said, it wasn't a surprise. And, and it's never, you know, it doesn't make it any easier. But or I guess actually it does in some sense, I guess, I guess because it's, you know, given his health conditions and everything, and he really, he really knew it was that um, he called it about five years ago, and he was adamant. He told many members in our family, he told my cousins. Um, he says, "2020 uh, Thanksgiving will be my last one." He called it five years ago. Really, kind of, yeah. Um, wow! It's like he. I don't know if I if I can do this the way he did it. He basically, you know, we're born in this world and we leave this world somehow. And he left this world on his terms, and he laid out every. It's like he called it the way he wanted it to happen, which I think is is a. If you had to go somehow, that's if you could do it on your own terms. That's a pretty darn good way to <laughs> to leave this yeah. earthly earthly realm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Be able to call your own shot on the way out. You know, I, this is what I want to get done. This is how it's gonna. I'm probably gonna leave. That exactly. you know, it's kind of comforting even to the family, even though there's a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. comforting to every you know to, to everybody around just to know that he was at total peace with everything. He made his peace with God, with the family, everything. There was no, from from what I know, there's no stone left unturned everything um was set before he well, left well troy let's in a way in the time that we have try and celebrate ron's life and mm-hmm. uh, along uh, uh with uh, your dad al uh started the jargonaut that we knew is in fisherman and even though we were west coast guys during the time in fisherman was going boy we gleaned a lot of fishing mm-hmm. advice from them and read the magazines and the videos and everything like that. Can you give us some of your early recollections of both Ron and your dad working together and in Fisherman? Yeah. Yeah. When they started out, you know, before that they, they did Lindy tackle and, and actually predating in the early days of, well, the very, very early days of in Fisherman when it was known as a, I believe a fishing report or was a segment report. They were called segment reports, and actually, in the first segment report, and my dad's on the covers, the famous cover where he's holding a walleye. If you go to the back and you look at the catches, I think it was the very first one. You can see uh, Mike Folkstad in San Vicente Reservoir near San Diego with a giant bass, um, <laughs> and one of the. Fi- and if you look at you know the reach of in fishermen and where it was back then, the very first featured a famed San Diego lake and a famed 
you know, nationwide, obviously nationwide angler, but especially one of the greatest anglers on the West Coast, without question, Mike Folkstad, was with with a you know with one of the giant bass from San V. And when I looked at that, I, I saw that this summer. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like I fish tournaments on San V. That's right there. Um. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, the in fisherman was a media jargonot, but you mm-hmm. uh, brought an aspect to to Ron's life that maybe a lot of people didn't know. The fact that you know, uh, Lindy Tackle is still uh, around, but your dad mm-hmm. and your brother they had uh, several. Uh, 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 patents when it came to fishing tackle. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Ron came. He came up with the R bend on spinnerbaits. Uh, yep. oh. The the, the R bend that's on there. That was his idea, and which is kind of amazing. And he also the no snags sinker from Lindy. That was Uncle Ron's um, one of his one of his inventions, if we can call it that. And then you ought to explain that because not everybody understands what the no sag say or no snag (laughs) sinker is. It's a, yeah, the no, the no snag sinker. Yeah. In the wall, I was, so it's a, it's a, it's a, this curved kind of elongated teardrop shape. If you took a teardrop drop shot and you fattened it out and pulled it way up and put like a rubber coating and a coating on it, and it's used in walleye walleye fishing for dragging you dragging rigs. I mean, well, you can use it for any. You can use it for bass fishing, trout. You can use it for anything, anything to present a bait. Um, and and the way it bounces against the rocks, it, it does not. It hardly gets snagged up at all. Yeah. We used that lure in the early days of drop shot fishing, and actually mm-hmm. started trying to make some here by putting the <laughs> oh, nice. um, shotgun pellet inside the casing a parachute uh, cord and then sealing that together. And it, it turned Ooh. out that it was just easier to buy them than it was to, uh, <laughs> to try to make them. And they were a lot more effective, but uh, yeah, in the early days of drop shot fishing out here in the West, that was something wow. that we, we went to before the, the longer cylindrical lead was uh, introduced with the swivel uh, clip system mm-hmm. on it. But uh, these guys were, were innovative and uh, man, the, the places that they had to fish, and what was nice is they kept mainly in the North American uh, waters, didn't they, uh, Troy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they left Chicago, they kind of looked around. They did their so they spent their summers up and around Hayward, Wisconsin. Their their my grandpa uh, took them up there, and they kind of had the affinity for the Northwoods, you know, getting out of the city. So they looked all around uh, at a place to start a business. And and they they wound up on Brainerd, Minnesota because of the the number I forgot. Within thirty miles, there's like I don't even a thousand lakes. I think if you just take thirty <laughs> miles, like a thousand. Um, well, and if I do that for my house in SoCal, if I do a thirty mile radius, <laughs> yeah, I get half a do- you know I got probably a dozen, half a dozen you can put a boat on. But it's different. You know, well, I, th- I you... think Minnesota, their state motto is the land of 10,000 lakes and 1,000 <laughs> fish, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, well, the one cool thing a, about it, know, been around the okay. industry for a while, and, and John and I have for sure, um, but the Lindy Worm was a part of the tackle box for tournament fishermen mm-hmm. way back when. And Lindy, the Lindy tackle systems that were out there available to us, we all knew what the tools were that we could use. And a lot of that came from watching the the TV shows when they popped up. And we 
mm-hmm. you'd watch Al and, and Ron fishing, and they always had some new little thing that we weren't used to seeing out here that guys could try. And by the mm-hmm. way, that that apple didn't really fall far from the tree with Troy when he came out here to fish and started fishing against us because we fished against each other quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He's got a ton of talent, by the way, people. <laughs> and he brought all the little tricks with him. And he's really, really good, by the way. So he picked up a lot from his, his dad and his uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the um, you know, the, the systems, the, the, you know, what we learn on the West Coast to the Midwest and different species for saltwater, freshwater, so much crossover. that I think the more, you know, the more we're able to, to have a, you know, a wider range of, of just different presentations and exposure, to different fish, just, you know, it can, it can help if you're fishing bass tournaments or just, you know, just fun fishing in general. And especially in the upper Midwest, when you're really for freshwater, when they're developed, they develop these systems, you know, for pike and they wrote all the books. I mean, they wrote the book, you know, books for smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, walleye, pike, crappie, ice fishing. They really broke down, you know, all those fish into, into the seasonal things. And, it, you know, what they built up for just fishing information that we still use today is just incredible. The foundations are like the seasonal movements, the the, yep. the lake classification systems, and then looking at the old books. I'm like, this is exactly what we're still, still putting out on now YouTube. You know? Yeah. Oh, boy. Hey, and we're speaking with Troy Linder and talking a little bit about his uncle, Ron Linder, who passed away uh, the, this last week, talking a little bit about the Inn Fisherman and, and the legacy that he left us that are still fishing today. Troy, though, we got to take a break right now. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you to stay with us a little bit longer while we uh, go to commercial? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're listening. We're talking with Troy Linder. You're listening to Ron Real Radio at RonRealRadio.com or on AM540. Stan, Wendy, Troy Linder, and myself will be back after these messages. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bake Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bake Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-facet fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. 
Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. We all like to travel, whether it's for business or it's pleasure. But one thing we all like to do, it's save money. Well, we got a travel tip for you. Bill Boyce has put together a travel website for you that can save you a lot of money. You can become your own travel agent. The site is bookwithboyce.com. You're going to save yourself 5 to 35% on all nationally advertised travel rates. You want to uh, go to Mexico? You want to go to Hawaii? bookwithboyce.com can offer you outstanding prices and here's the deal there's no surprises for accommodations rental cars or activities so try bookwithboyce.com now and thank bill boyce later on hi this is Lori heath you may know me from some of the fishing boats out of san diego i want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart did you know that when you donate blood you're not only helping others you're also helping yourself Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit San Diego Blood Bank. Dot org. That's the San Diego org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. I always wear a life jacket when I'm on the water because I'm lazy. I like floating like a giant turtle covered with SPF 50. The life jacket does the work. I highly recommend this to everyone. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Dan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Our guest this hour is uh, Troy Linder. Uh, we'll be also speaking with Greg Garisti uh, from Land's End Charter and Steve Yatomi from uh, Adventure Travel Alliance later on in the show. But right now with Troy, we are discussing uh, the end fisherman. We're talking and reminiscing about his uncle, uh, Ron, who unfortunately passed away here just a week or so ago, and and telling some stories about Ron and his dad and everything like that, and and Troy, um, the last we had uh, uh, your your dad on the show a few years ago, and you know a lot of people maybe didn't realize that these guys, besides doing all these things, were rather proficient guides, and I I remember Al mm-hmm. telling us the story that yeah he'd take people out for walleye and pike and everything like that. But when it came to fishing smallmouth, he swore them to secrecy that they would never reveal the spots <laughs> that he fished for smallmouth. Uh, uh, tell us about some of the remembrances that you have with Ron and your dad and everything like that within fishermen. Yeah, they, um, yeah the guiding yeah, in the early days is kind of which, you know, this is before social media, so you had to, you had to go by word of mouth, you know, and then there was a thing up here in this, the Nisswa Guides League up here, and they, they were part of that working, you know, working with Mark Kep and that, and that was back in the, gosh, this is probably before in the early 70s, I think. That must have been early 70s, I think, even before I was born. 
And, you know, guiding back then, like you said, it was word of mouth and then, you know, Polaroid pictures or pictures in the wall of the bait shop. And you do those big stringer holds. And that's how you could, you know, that's how you knew if a guide was good. You know, it's word of mouth. And, you know, a much different, such a, you know, different time back then looking at the old, you know, the tiller motors and the, the hand control um you know the the hand controlled trolling motors and the baits and the and the equipment, but the you know the it's still the same here. People wanted to catch fish, and you know, and you'd have secret spots out there. But uh, that uh, not surprised that they didn't want the smallmouth. You know, the smallmouth shallow water rock piles were sacred. <laughs> it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that they didn't want the word going out on those. <laughs> yeah, Troy, you have such a a great physical persona when you were talking about your sponsors or you're talking about mm-hmm. your your fishing activities you're you're a great lecturer and 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 really fun to see uh uh when you're uh, you know putting on seminars and everything like that was this uh, something that you kind of learned from your dad and your uncle from their years of doing television and personal appearances yeah exactly yeah yeah just seeing them and they kind of would would coach me and, and I guess I got more comfortable um, around, you know, just being talking on a microphone just from being around them, you know, my whole life and being in the media, you know, my whole life. And it, and it was, you know, it's still, you still get kind of nervous or something when you talk on stage, but it does just get easier in it. And it's just with time, you just, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then you're able to just form it, you know, where you just naturally talk and the thought process just becomes easy you know, easier and, and smoother, but it's still, it's a work in pro- progress. If I've been away at it for a while, like going on stage in a tournament and, you know, and you had a bad day and they stick the microphone in your face <laughs> and it's just like, ah, you only got two fish. What happened? You're just think you got so many things in your head, you know, going on and just trying to, hey, you know, didn't catch them, you know, went yeah. all day, got two fish and, you know, but still, you said, I want to thank my sponsor. I want to thank Ravel and da-da-da and this, you know, and I wouldn't be here without them and try to, yeah, you know, even if you have a bad day out there in the water, you just want to at least have a good, you know, showing out there, you know, with, um, you said, as your persona and then the way you carry yourself, you know, and not not catching the fish sometimes sucks, but it happens and they're still blank and I still have those days and, and they're still going to be there. So you just roll with them. You roll with the ups and downs and in the, you know, seeing way Uncle Ron and my dad dealt with major, you know, business decisions, both up and down and some of the big losses that they had throughout the years and failures, they still, they're, they were able to, you know, pray over the business, make the right decisions and roll with it. They, I remember at the, they had a story, which probably, I don't know if you'd be able to find this anywhere, but they, um, in the very, very early days before they did the fishermen, then they sent out the mailers, um, subscribe, you know, the, um, the newspapers, I think in magazines, like, here's a fishing report. Send us $10 for a year of fishing reports. You know, back then, that's the people. I, I'm still, I'm old, I'm young, but I'm old enough to remember when it was still safe to send a little bit of cash in the mail. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was, so they had a pile of, of um, envelopes of cash and checks, a whole bunch. And then the thing is that they didn't have anything. They had to mail something out a month later. This is before in Fisherman when they had to do the first reports, and they had nothing set up, nothing. All this money came in, and all these subscribers came in, and they said they had everything stacked up on the table. And I forgot, it was tens of thousands of dollars in today's oh my money. Gosh. And 
and they're like, well, we got to get to work. And that was, you know, and the both of them, you know, and that was the duo, as you said, you know, they, they both, Ron was very much, you know, he was behind the scenes on a lot of my dad was the face of a lot of it, but, but neither one of them would have had, you know, they would accomplish a fraction if it wasn't both of them working together. You know, Troy, uh, as a fisherman, there's an old saying that you remember every day that you spent on the water fishing, but you can't remember what you did the day before or the day after <laughs> if it happened to be at work. Do you have a, a remembrance of fishing with your uncle that you'd like to share with us? Well, I got there's a bunch of them, you know, down uh, down in uh, down in Florida, you know, fishing for some of the uh, saltwater fish, brackish water fish. And I remember when we we got off the water, and I was young at the time. And he he, he just says, and I never forget this. He pointed at us. He said, "Troy, you know, I got it here." And he pointed to his head. But the older I get, I don't got it here. And he pointed at his arm. And he says, well, you, and it was, I forgot the whole speech, but I remember that. And he says, as you, he says, as long as your mind is good and your body is at least able to do things, keep doing and keep moving forward with things. I'll never forget that. <laughs> and, and we got to fish together this summer and that, you know, that was really special. I, you know, I brought my GoPro out and filmed those and he, and he was still, I mean, he, he would just, you know, I'd have to help him to get in the boat. Oh my gosh, if I'm 86 years old. And still going out there and catching fish, man, I'll, I'll be a happy man. I mean, wow. he just still had that passion to catch fish, you know, as much as he could physically. You know, I had to help him in the boat and all that, but, but you get back and drag a net rig, drag a jerk bait, and catch fish. Yeah, you know, Stan and Wendy, we're, we're kind of spoiled here. We're talking about, you know, before we went on air, uh, being cool at our studios here and where we're broadcasting from, but we go outside and it's still 75 degrees today <laughs> where these guys came from. They had a much shorter window of opportunity. And even when everything was frozen over, they'd still be out there fishing. Uh, Troy is, is there a, a species or a type of fish that your uncle Ron really liked to go for? And when he had his choice, he would, he would target that species. He did, he, you know, he, a couple fish he did for freshwater. I mean, he loved smallmouth bass. You know, he yeah. loved bass fishing, a largemouth bass, smallmouth bass especially. But but for his winters, his winter trips in the past probably 20 years, he'd go down to Florida and snook and tarpon were huge oh. for him. Then yeah. he would go down there and actually catch. He got on some jig and wrap. He, did, he drilled a hole through the jig and wrap to put a bigger treble hook on there. And was trying to get, I think it was giant tarpon on jigging rafts, huge fish, but they'd throw the bait, but he took up. But that one of his favorite things to do, he would get away at a certain age. He figured he doesn't want to drill any holes in the ice anymore. He gets out of Minnesota after New Year's, after Christmas, goes down to Florida and goes fishes the open water, warm weather, 70 degrees, 80 degrees, all spring or winter and springtime for, for uh, redfish, snook, and tarpon. And he loved that. Well, I, I think that's one of the things that keeps uh, Roland Martin going. You look at Roland Martin, he's 80 years old right now, and mm -hmm. you look at his videos, and you, when he's on the water or when he's giving a presentation on a particular technique, I think it's that, uh, that, that living in the warmer climate and being able to fish every day, and they say the good Lord doesn't take away the days of your life that you spend fishing. And I think your <laughs> uncle and guys like Roland Martin and your dad mm. just happened to prove that. Yeah, amen. There, there's something, 
you know the the you know the the excitement that happens even when I'm fishing a tournament and I get drawn with a a gentleman that's in his fifties and sixties, and boy, you see the excitement when they get a three pound bass in a tournament or even and and it never it's amazing how just catching a small fish and it just never leaves it no matter how if you're eighty forty fifty sixty it doesn't matter and it's just it's something special about that and that connection to nature and being in the outdoors that uh that is just so special you know uh if you will just you know real briefly uh uh, I've kind of lost track, and maybe some of our listeners have done to, to what your dad is doing. Is he still involved in the business? Is he retired? Uh, uh, give us a little breakdown about what he's getting into. Yeah, he, he's semi, semi-retired, and they both kind of stepped away this past year. Uncle Ron, you know, Uncle Ron, if you've heard of Target Walleye, Uncle Ron in the walleye world, you know he formed that and actually came up with the name Target Walleye. And up until his last days you know even this year he was so heavily involved in social media and 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 they're both looking ahead at the next phase and my dad is kind of stepping away from angling edge he's still doing some angling edge tv shows but he's kind of stepping away a little bit more and doing a lot more fun fishing and especially this past summer he wanted to spend more time with his brother uncle ron and they spent a lot of time fishing this summer as much uh as as possible especially with his health so my my dad is stepping away at least from the he's fishing more but he's he's doing less tv stuff and yeah, he just and, wants to have more and troy tell, tell us about yourself because you know we have you on and and you've been associated with some great products out there some innovative products uh, mm-hmm. uh what have you been getting into that we need to know about well the um you know, everything. You know, I'm heavily involved with Rapla, and they have their new Rap V. And I was actually down on El Cap fishing some of that, and and Irvine Lake actually catching some fish from shore with their new little hybrid blade bait on there. And and next, you know, this this past year with the Canada closure, I didn't spend any time up in there. But but this um, this spring, I'm looking at you know fishing a little bit more. Um, some of the more of the tournaments getting back and some of the SoCal tournaments, if we're not closed down, hopefully this, this gets resolved by the beginning of the year. And and hopefully my dad can fish. I'm trying to get my dad down to Southern California. He hasn't fished in Southern California in many, many, many years. But he used to come to the tournaments, but I think it would be really special if the COVID stuff gets done and he can come back down and fish a tournament with him. That would be that would be pretty awesome. Um, That'd be and, pretty awesome. Oh, sorry. Wendy, we should we should set them up. Are are you allowed to take at least a passenger or an observer when you're fishing for these uh, rock cod? Because I think that's something that Al would really like. No, I'm not allowed yeah. to. They have to be a commercial fisherman, also. Oh, oh man, we, we got to do that. Got Troy, we got to get him out saltwater fishing. Could you imagine him going out for some of these tuna that we have off our shore right now? Well, you have to. Yeah, I think he would love it, and we'd have to get him an ice bag for his his elbow. But I think he would he would do it in a second. I think he would really enjoy that. I think adrenaline will kick in, and he won't feel any pain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say afterward, you might need a couple Tylenol, but I think that's that's a small price to pay for for the drag screaming and, and catching some of those giants. Yeah, wow. well, there's technique to it. I'll go on that one and help. <laughs> I'd love that. That would be yeah. fun. 
boy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Troy, uh, I just can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. I know it's rather difficult. I know you're back in Minnesota right now. But if you will, would you please convey that, uh, you know, uh, Al and Ron's friends out here and, and your friends, too, we just convey to you all the love and strength that you all can Thank possibly you. muster right now going through this difficult time and and know it'll pass and and let's hope that uh you know we'll all be uh sooner or later seeing each other on the water again and and enjoying the afterlife uh, mm -hmm. uh we just hope this is a, a good time for you people uh, that you're able to celebrate the life of ron and and uh enjoy each other's company the best you can mm-hmm Thank you. Thank you very much. Amen. We, we are, it is, as you say, it is a celebration of his life. And, and we see his face and smile. I'm not, there's a, a slight sadness there. It's just a sadness that I won't be able to fish with him again. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it, when I think about him, it's a, it's a big smile. It's, it's all even this early into it. It's nothing, you know, it might be some tears, but it's, it's tears and a smile. You know, it, you have that, that sadness is just thinking about all the great times you had with mm -hmm. that individual and, you know, that you're going to miss those. But you've got to be happy that you were able to spend that time with them. And that's that's the biggest gift and joy of anything that you can ask from an individual. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad all I right. got out fishing with them this summer. All right. I'm really happy I did that. Troy, thanks a lot for spending some time with us. I know it's a difficult time, but we appreciate you making some time for us tonight to remember the life of your uncle, Ron Linder, and also share some stories with us. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. We thanks, look forward Troy. to talk, talking with you when you get back here to the coast. Hey, uh, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but uh, coming up next, we're going to have Gregory Steve from Lands End Charters to fill us in on what's happening down in Cabo San Lucas from fishing and then also at Lands End Charters. So stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands. And if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. 
Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419, or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Run Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, you know, 
we might be a little chilly up here in the upper 48, but I tell you, we're going to be taking you to a place where I think it's always warm and the fishing for the most part is always great. Great. We're going to speak. We're going to speak now with uh, Cabo great Aristi from Lands End Charters out of Cabo San Lucas. Captain Greg, or I should say Cabo Greg, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we Great are night. doing excellent. We've got Stan and Wendy with us tonight, and uh, hey guys. you know, yeah. Hey, tell us. You know, it. Uh, uh, I guess the last big tournament of the year. Well, there was another one down there, but the Cabo Tuna Jackpot just concluded uh, there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, how was the fishing during that tournament, and how's the fishing been afterwards, uh, uh, Cabo Greg? You know, it's, it was good. You know, we had a, a really good turnout for the for this year's uh, Tuna Jackpot tournament. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was a record for number of vessels, or pretty close to one, um, which was surprising based on everything that's going on, of course. Um, but it was a really good time. You know, the, the the fishing during the tournament was okay. It wasn't, you know, excellent, but it was it was good enough to get some nice fish um, hung. And uh, fishing since then has been really good. You know, we we've had uh, really good fishing since uh, you know kind of mid October through through right now where it's just been um really good fishing inshore offshore uh you know tuna we just had a good week of tuna marlin and uh inshore rooster fish has been incredible so it's been really fun it's been it's been a good time it really has been boy that uh, that sounds great uh, tell us so obviously in light of the the current covid situation i know that there's a lot of safeguards that are yep. being exercised down there in cabo san lucas uh We've had Stan down there telling us about it, uh, telling us what the current conditions are down there and how easy is it still to get down to to Cabo San Lucas from the United States? That's a really good question, and I get it a lot, obviously. So, you know, what's surprising, guys, is that Cabo San Lucas currently, I checked today, there's 156 active cases of COVID in Cabo San Lucas. Now, when you consider that the population is around 90,000 folks, I know my brother lives in a city in in, uh, in California that uh, has a little bit less and has about five times as many infected. So the, the city's done really well. You know, it's, honestly, we're surprised by the numbers. I'm not sure why that is. I'm not a doctor. You know, people talk about vitamin D and all and diets and all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know why, but the numbers have been really good. And I think Stan can tell you, since he visited recently, that there's really, really um, lots of measures in place to keep people safe, um, and they've worked. You know, I have to applaud the, the, the government of Baja California Sur that's done a really good job making sure that people follow the protocols. And we've had really low numbers. You know, when this all started, I'll tell you guys a story real quick. My family was infected. My uncle, um, who's in his 70s, was infected. And about eight of my cousins were infected. It was kind of a family gathering type of situation. Everyone recovered, thankfully. But, you know, when that started early, I'm talking like March, April, it got around, you know, Kabul's a small place, you know, word gets around pretty quick and people took it really seriously. Um, and you started seeing people, you know, take precautions. And as, as you know, we were sheltered in place for a couple of months and it gave a chance to put measures in place, but they've worked really well. And the surprising thing is that the numbers are so low. And I would tell you, honestly, because I have tons of friends and family, um, you know, if we heard people getting sick or being hospitalized, but it just not hasn't happened. And so, you know, everyone's being very careful and following precautions and it's worked. You know, when you come onto my, one of my boats in the morning, they take your temperature before you walk through the gate. You know, there's hand sanitizers and hand sanitizing mats and all these restrictions and things that we have to follow to keep people safe, and they've worked. 
So really, really good to hear that. Um, you know, things are well as far as numbers go. And getting down, you know, I expect it to be a little bit more difficult for people in Southern California here, you know, is what I'm hearing. But um, flights are still coming in every day. I'm telling you, I have never been busier. My November or November numbers, number of people visiting, people that we dig out fishing was higher than I've ever had in all the time I've done this. So it's incredibly busy. It's really insane, honestly, to be honest with you. And it's been great, you know, having people come down, have a good time, take some pressure off and just enjoy themselves has been really good. We're really happy to be able to, to be part of that for sure. It's a lot of fun right now. You know, and I have to second the motion here. You know, when I was down there first first two weeks of October, uh, and, and that's really when Cabo opened up October 3rd. Um, but right. we got to be the first people to come down there and kind of spend some time, and we had a blast. But the conditions, like he, like Greg is saying, everybody, everybody was wearing a mask. If you're going yep. into any establishment, and I mean any, they were hitting you with the temperature on the way in, and they hit you with the temperature on the way out on some of them. <laughs> and you had yeah. hand sanitizer. When you go in, you had to use hand sanitizer. If you were touching something, there were people wiping off whatever you touched with the uh, sanitizer when you when you put it back on the shelf. It was it it's it, their protocol were it was way above what we were doing here because uh, it was in every shop. Everybody had temperatures. Everybody was was taking uh, care of themselves in uh, way more than we were here in California. But you know, in the boats, I had several people that we we I sent a bunch of people to Greg. Um, yep. because they were asking, where do I go? What I, I'm talking about guys that wanted, uh, families that just wanted to go for a cruise. You know, we want to get mm -hmm. on a big ship, maybe have, you know, a wine and, and, uh, some hors d'oeuvres and, and go for, you know, just, a, a six hours of cruising around. And I go, you need a bigger ship for that or something that's nicer. And that's in, you've got air conditioning indoors. And I go, e e I would just give them Craig's number. And so I hear, call them. They've got that instead <laughs> of just, I, I yeah. want to. I don't need to just go fishing on a, a, for big fish. I want to I want to go inshore fishing for like rooster fish or or that stuff on the beach. Well, he, he's got that boat too. So you know he's he has everything there for you, and it's easy for me to just give this phone number out and you're here. Just call him. Cabo, Greg, you know, tell I us a little bit that. about the Stan, Lance really and do. Charter Fleet. Tell us a little bit about the Lance and Charter Fleet because I don't know. Some people may have the preconceived notion that you're just luxury yachts or that you're just uh, fishing vessels, but right. you're actually the best of both worlds, are you not? Yeah, so it's interesting. We started as a fishing company. You know, my family's been in the fishing business in Cabo San Lucas uh, for about 40 years now. You know, we, my uncle started in the business, you know, back when there was, you know, eight boats floating outside the bay there before there was even a marina. And mm -hmm. uh, so we've, you know, we're, we're really proud of the fact that we've done this for so long. Um, and about, I'm going to say, guys, about six years ago, someone asked me for a yacht charter. And I didn't know anything about yachts. I'm not a luxury kind of a guy, if that makes sense. I'm a fishing guy. <laughs> but, you know, it's, hey, when I'll see if I can help you out. And so I talked to a few, few of my friends. And over the years, we've grown our yacht fleet from, you know, a couple of yachts. And we have now, we offer um, over 10 from anywhere from 30 to 130 feet um, luxury yachts. And I have a, a team that's dedicated to that. Uh, so, you know, they can tell you what the difference between a red wine is and a white wine is because I have no idea. <laughs> so I let them deal with that. I deal with the fishing <laughs> stuff. And they deal with the caviar and the steak and all that good stuff. But it's a lot of fun. You know, what's great about that is we have lots of clients who come in to fish. But they have family and friends that want to go out and just, like you said, cruise around, see some whales. You know, it's whale watching season. 
you know, they go out and have some nice cocktails on a, on a beautiful boat and, and, uh, and, and spend the day that way. And it's a lot of fun. If you've never done it, it's worth it. Um, and Cabo has some beautiful yachts. We have, we have some amazing vessels and amazing crews. But, you know, our, my focus, what I do is fishing, right? I, I leave that fancy stuff to folks that understand it. I'm in my shorts and flip-flops and trying to see what size that rooster fish was just released to us. So, you know, that's what I do. But I let people who know what they're doing deal with that. But it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, we do have boats from 22 feet to 90 feet for fishing. And, um, you know, anyone from, you know, wants to use a little spinning reel to go after some um, Spanish mackerel, some Sierra that's been biting recently or want to go after that big blue marlin or the big tuna, we have everything in between. And so, you know, there isn't much that we can't offer guests that come down. And, and our goal really always, guys, is to make sure people have a good time. Fishing takes care of itself here, but I think what people get with us and the reason why we've been so successful, 2020 is our fifth year in a row winning TripAdvisor Certificate of Excellence Awards because we really do take care of, you know, the details and make sure people don't have to stress out and everything's taken care of. And so I'm really proud of that. And, uh, and uh, our business is done really well, thankfully, because I understand fishing. My guys understand yachts and you know, it all works. But if you want to come down and fish, I have almost anything that you might want as far as size goes, range goes, prices go, equipment goes, captains go. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're pretty fortunate. Well, Cobb, Greg, I, I think the, the good thing that you offer when it comes to fishing is that when you say turnkey, you know, uh, when you're looking at the pamphlet, there's a picture of Land's End Charters that represents what turnkey is. Because a lot of us that travel down to Cabo San Lucas or anything like that, we're taking advantage of the discount rates to fly down there. My gosh, you can sure. probably go down there for $150, $175 <laughs> round trip. Yeah. But where they yeah. gig you is if, oh, you want to bring a bag with you or you want something more than peanuts. Oh, and those fishing right, right. rods. Oh, they oh, you are want to get waiting to pounce upon you bucks. with extra charges. But yeah. you can take care of that problem really well for anyone that wants to come down and fish with you. Yeah, so one of the things that people really love about coming down is we offer all-inclusive charters, which just means that everything's – you don't have to pay a dime. There isn't any hidden costs. You don't have to worry about anything. Your life, pay your – lunch, your drinks, your beer, your licenses, whatever you need is on the boat when you arrive. You just get on and get after it, and that's been really successful for us. The thing that's worked really well, and we did this during – I just updated our website, landfancharters.com. I spent a lot of time during the quarantine to get it revamped, and it's worked really well. But what we did was I took videos of every single vessel that's in our fleet, and so you can go on our website and actually watch a video of the boat that you're going to be fishing on. So you can check out, you know, what the what the uh, cockpit looks like. You can check out what the bridge looks like. You can check out what the bathroom situation is on each boat. So, you know, that's always good so that when you come down, you know what you're fishing on, you know what to expect. And it's really been helpful. People have really um, um, enjoyed that part of our website where they can actually view video of the boat they're going to be fishing on, which has helped, helped for sure. Yeah. Cabo uh, uh, Greg, uh, for people that are looking to maybe book during December and January, get away from uh, a lot of what's happening over here. Yep. When it first comes to fishing, uh, what what are you targeting? What are the guys targeting? Uh, what's the best to catch down there uh, during this time of year? So, you know, it's interesting. We're, we're going into basically our high season for striped marlin. You know, it's not unusual for this time of year that we, you know, release five, six, seven. You know, if we get up to the finger bank or close by, there's tons of fish up there active. But right now it's all over the place. Tuna, offshore, marlin, um, wahoo, dorado. The dorado bite has been insane since about mid-October. Um, and then inshore, we're still seeing some rooster fish, believe it or not. Spanish mackerel's been biting hard, getting into grouper and snapper. Um, so some bottom fishing. Um, 
whatever people want to come down and do, it's almost available. You know, outside of big, big fish, the big blues and big, big blacks are, you know, a little bit more difficult this time of year, but tons of action. If you're into action fishing, this is a time to come down and it's, it, weather's great and uh, conditions are good. So yeah, it's a great time to come down. Greg, did the uh, tuna come around the corner there on the, the Jaime and toward, up toward the finger? They yeah, they did. So we've been catching tuna, believe it or not. We caught a 150-pounder about a mile and a half offshore in a big school of, of, uh, that were just swimming around for two days. They were just wandering around in circles. But if you go out the 25-mile mark out to San Jaime Bank, from about the 1150 bank to the San Jaime Bank, all that whole stretch of trench there, there's been big schools of porpoise, hundreds and hundreds of porpoise, and the wow. tuna are just falling around. And so it's been really, really good. Um, we've been getting all over them, limits on, uh, you know, school-sized tuna the last few days. So it's been good. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Cobble, yep. Yep. Cobble Greg, if we want to uh, see what the vessels are that uh, Lands End Charters offers and or book, either a yep. pleasure trip or a fishing trip with you, how's the best way to go about doing it? So the best thing to do is to go to the website, landsandcharters.com, landsandcharters.com. And on there, the great thing about our website is the prices are listed. What's included is listed. There's no, it's really simple. So you don't have to guess about what's going on. Or you can call us toll-free from the state anytime, 800-281-5778, 800-281-5778. And uh, either myself or Jenny or Hiram or somebody here or answer the phone and help you get booked and answer any questions you might have for sure. You know, and the best thing about uh, booking with you is you don't have to be a world renowned fisherman like Stan and Wendy is. You can be a putz like <laughs> me and you can still right. set us up and we can go fishing. Absolutely. One of the things that I will say guys during COVID, if somebody's concerned about booking because of the travel restrictions, things are going on. We are offering every client, um, a $25 deposit regardless of their boat so that they don't have to, if we have to refund them because of a cancellation, we have a full cancellation policy so they don't have to lose money, right? You don't pay for a boat and then you can't come. And so guess what? I get to keep your money. It's a $25 deposit on any boat. That way, if I have to refund you, it's only 25 bucks. It's not a big deal for you. It's not a big deal for me. Nobody loses. So if somebody's concerned about that, talk to us. We'll work with you as far as uh, cancellation policies go. And, and so that if you get stuck and you can't come down, which you know it's possible, for some folks, um, we'll refund all your money. So no worries there. If you're thinking about coming and not sure, don't worry about us. We'll give you your money back, and it's not a problem. It's more than a fair offer, and we appreciate that. And, uh, again, the site to go to if uh, we want to learn more about uh, Lands and Charters, uh, Cabo Greg? It's landsandcharters.com. You can just Google Lands and Charters. We come up there, or landsandcharters.com. We'll be happy to help you. There's also a live chat on the website where we monitor it and you can talk to us and ask questions without calling. So it's a, it's pretty helpful. All right. Cabo Greg uh, Aristi, hey, let's check in with you uh, maybe later on in, in December to find out how the fishing is, uh, what Absolutely. the conditions are like, and uh, learn more about Land's End Charters. Th thanks a lot for being with us tonight, sir. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, Wendy. Appreciate it. And uh, hope you guys have a happy holiday if I don't talk to you before then. Thanks, Greg. Happy holiday. All right. That's Gregory Steve from Lands and Charters. Hey, is fishing some exotic place in the world on your bucket list? Well, we've got a guy that's on X that is most likely fished there. And what's on his bucket list is to take you fishing with him. So Steve Yatomi's going to be with us. But first, we got a break for these messages. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back in just a bit. 
Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto custom baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto custom bait. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800 bass boat i know there's too many letters but the t is free and the calls on me that's 1-800 bass boat the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800 bassboat.com hi this is Lori heath you may know me from some of the sports boats out of san diego i want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart the san diego blood bank Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor.
We are back with Rodney. We're trying to get a hold of Steve Yatomi here with uh, Outdoor Adventures, one of the guys that has been kind of the, the guy to go to if you're going to catch exotic fish in exotic places. Uh, we're having a little trouble because he's in, a, in an exotic location right now, so we're trying to straighten that out. But for years... If you were running a TV show and you wanted to go down to the Amazon or you wanted to go to, you know, someplace over in uh, even Africa to catch big fish, he's been the guy to travel with and put the guys that uh, were traveling on that big fish, and hopefully we can get him back. Uh, Wendy, I think you're still with us. I am with you, and uh, I know Steve pretty well. He's also... uh... Southern California IGFA rep. Yes, he is. He's been fishing a lot. And I I watch his Facebook page all the time because of his travels and all the neat fish markets and places that he goes to besides the fishing destinations. Yeah, he is uh, well-traveled. We're hoping we can get get him hooked up here pretty quick uh, because he's got some incredible stories about uh, taking you know these guys that had the TV shows even to to catch watching them catch Nile perch that were just giants and and the tiger fish that uh, they have and you know the that stuff when you go down to South America and you get that the that freshwater dorado um, the different species that he's been able to to take people to and become an expert at I might add. Uh, and the places that he's been able to get to have been pretty fun to watch. You know, and I'm one of these days, I would love to go down there. I'd love to go go stay and go fish for those um, peacocks. That's something I, think, I wanted to do for so long. Have you done well, that? Well, no. He's at, He asks me every year for about 15 years now because my schedule has been pretty tight with all the tournaments and everything else. But We've been friends forever. He lives pretty close to me in Simi Valley, and he asks every year, when are you going to come, Stan? When are you going to come? And uh, maybe you and I ought to just book that thing and go. <laughs> okay, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, I you, keep when, when, when he When he goes, do you know um, what type of accommodations? Is it on a steamboat? Does he have a mothership? Does he stay at a hotel? Do you know any of that? He's got accommodations that are all kinds of different things. It's when once you hit the 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 deck in and wherever he's at, you know, he, he's got people picking you up and directing you to whatever you need to do without so you, there's no hassles. And then he's got, you know, the he started the mothership deal way back when in different parts of the Amazon. Uh he was up in Venezuela until it got too crazy to go there anymore and but the, everything that he's he's done was top drawer in first class until I, and he even had that, you know, we're going to take you where no man has been before where they don't fish on these areas of the uh, river with any other tour where that kind of thing, if you're going up the Amazon and he knew the seasons to go and whether to go in the big time when it had big rains and it was, it was we, a lot tougher uh, you know, than when it never. We can ask Steve ourselves now. Well, we finally have Steve online. I believe yeah, so. Yeah, we do, guys. Hey, uh, and Stan and Wendy, thank you. Uh, sorry for that little bit of an interruption, guys. Uh, 
We finally have with us from Adventure Travel Alliance. This individual is a gentleman that not only travels the world, and while doing that, not only does he fish, but he takes some of the greatest pictures you'd ever want to share with anybody of the wildlife and the places that he's going to. Mr. Steve Yatomi. Steve, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, man. Hi, well, we warmed them up for you, Steve-O. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Well, Steve... You know what? It's been a, a nice, busy time, but things are starting to open up again. And, you know, open up, and then, you know, we'll have to see how it goes with these new things that are happening. But the skies are starting to get busy again. Well, that's good, Steve. Tell us a little bit about yourself, because... A lot of people may not be familiar with you, what you do, and also the very colorful background that you have, literally traveling around the world, uh, bringing people to destination spots through uh, Adventure Travel Alliance. Well, what what I do is I try and find cutting-edge destinations, places where it's been less traveled or not traveled at all, and open up a sustainable fishery, which benefits the locals without changing or harming their environment or resources. So that's kind of what I do, and it's taken me to 87 countries so far. So, um, you know, right now, actually, just before Kanye. I'm working on another river in Brazil. It's been closed for 12 years, and we're trying to get that open, and it's looking good. So the community all kind of signed on to it. They're all going to have um, – well, they won't all have jobs. We'll, we'll be providing jobs and training and other uh, sustainable uh, ways of living during the um, – wet season, which is very difficult. So we do that. We do, you know, along with finding these uh, out-of-the-way fishing places, we um, also do a lot of conservation work um, to help out the communities and and uh, get them into farming and, and in some cases getting them to stop netting and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's good for long term. Wow. So, you know, that's one of the things, Steve, that I've always admired about what you and your group is, because you go to these remote places, you open up opportunities for us to go and experience what's happening in that part of the world. But at the same time, with regards to the indigenous population or the resource that's in there, you want to make sure that the resource is sustainable and that the indigenous folks that are there are not being taken advantage of, but by us being there and by you being there, we actually enhance their lifestyles, hopefully, so that uh, uh, they can better take care of, uh, uh, you know, their own way of life. Yeah, that that's sort of the main thing, you know, in this day and age, it's, it's still, you know, it's kind of the same. If you go back in history, 
and how America was founded and all the trials and tribulations that the indigenous people had to go through, it's kind of the same. So, you know, with with that being said, you know, I, I try and look back at history at uh, a lot of the mistakes that were being made and, and try and have a nice, balanced, long-term relationship between the, the communities and the resources. Um, you know, it's just like anything else. You know, a gillnet could take out a fishery so quick, it's not even funny. So, and, and simple things of teaching them, if you can catch, you know, Mr. Uh, Big Fish here 10 times, well, it has greater value than just, you know, harvesting him one time. So getting them to learn that and and the other issue that I also have in many places is they only kill one fish, and that one fish is a breeding fish. So, you know, it's all all about education and, and showing them the big picture, and and it all works out great for all of us because – these places that I take people to, you know, like for instance in Guyana, it gets fished once a one one week a month, so it rests three three weeks, and the villagers are happy, the anglers are happy because you know there's no pressure there, and you can catch fish up to 500 pounds on a swim bait. Steve, let's talk about the places the the places and the fish you catch because we've been friends forever and you keep inviting me to come down and I, it's just not been in the cards but it's pretty fun <laughs> every year we talk uh but you know starting back with the amazon here where you took the guys up and and what kind of wendy and i were we're talking about what kind of accommodations people can expect to be uh to have with you and and i told him you know everybody that You've been doing this long and and arduous for years, and you're it's all top class. Uh, but the places you go, like you were just talking Guyana for that black bass, um, and and the and the different places you've been around the world for the different species. But you know you've always take care of the people. Talk a little bit about the different places you go and what kind of uh, accommodations people can expect to have. Um. You know, like in the Amazon, what I try to do is try to cater for everybody. So, you know, for a big fish cutting-edge destination, it isn't going to have air conditioning right off the top because it takes a while to develop these areas. Um, you know, sometimes we can get a houseboat in there, and this one here that I'm working on this year, we will have an air-conditioned houseboat. And it's shallow draft. Um, and some of the other places, uh, depending on logistics, like Guyana, we don't have air conditioning there. But, you know, it's a different type of uh, environment, so it doesn't get as hot. Um, so we do everything from, I'd say, a three-star to a, about a four-star. We rarely get the five-star. When it's five-star, then that place is pretty well-traveled. And, um, you know, it's not our kind of, it's not in our niche to do that type of fishing. Um, you know, it has to get so much business a year, and they have to fill beds. And, you know, a place like that normally has to 
go 12 to 15 people every week for, you know, maybe four months or so. So in that type of fishery, it's pretty hard to come by. Um, so we try and, and find the off-the-beaten-path places. And in finding that, you know, before it gets popular and, and sometimes overpriced, you know, there's great value there. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of sacrifice, but not much, not much really. Well, that's that's part of the attraction of traveling to not go to somewhere and experience what it, you know, experience what you're leaving, but actually to go to a place and experience what's happening in that area, especially with its, the, the native population or the climate or the scenery or the fishing or whatever it is, uh, you know, that's what you're offering when you're offering people a trip. Hey, that's correct. And, and culture. I mean, you know, I'm a long time saltwater fisherman, you know, um, long range and, and everything. And I used to see the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets and, and just being out in the water. I miss it. I miss it till today, but what it lacks is culture. Yeah. I mean, you get a little bit of culture with some of the passengers, but you're not engrossed in it. You're not there, you know, in a different country for a week living with indigenous people. Um, you know, it's up to you. We we do all these different types of programs. If you want to just go there and fish, it's no problem. But if you want to learn about culture and and do some of the things that they do, like go out and hunt at night or or fish like they do, we offer that. You know, it's all part of the experience. So it's pretty pretty broad range of what we do. It's just not just fishing. So well, for people that are listening, what type of accommodations are there? Um, depends on where you're going. In the Amazon, we have houseboats, houseboats with air conditioning. We have a lodge with air conditioning. Um, you know, the lodge that we have with air, air conditioning has 24-hour Wi-Fi. You know, and for some, you know, it's a good fishery. Um, it's uh, Chiclapanema. It's a different species of peacock. It's caught in the southern Amazon, and there's great numbers of them. So it depends on, on the angler and what they want. But most of the stuff in the Amazon is all pretty air-conditioned in, in so Brazil. So if wanted to... Somebody wanted to say go and just catch a lot of fish, then you have a specific area you would go to catch a lot of fish. Versus if somebody wants to get an IGFA record, you have another spot that you could take them to. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, we specialize in all different types of fish. Uh, big peacocks, you know, we've got a couple rivers for that. That you know, during the week you'll have a good shot at catching a a peacock over twenty. And then we have these locations where you know you might not catch a twenty pounder. Maybe the biggest will be sixteen pounds, 
but you have a good shot at catching over a hundred of them in a, you know, in a day. So, and then we have areas that have species that have almost all your major Amazon species, including arapaimas that get up to 500 pounds. Catfish that get 200 and 300 pounds. Uh, The peacocks, the biggest peacock I got out of there is 16 pounds, but that's pretty rare. But, you know, the most peacocks I've caught out of there is 120 on a little spoon. Wow. Hey, we're speaking with uh, Steve Yatami from uh, Adventure Travel Alliance, and he's telling us to about some of the exotic places that he takes groups to and what you can expect to see in the fishing. Steve, we've got to take a break right now. Can I ask you to stay with us a little bit longer, please? Oh, yes. Yes. All right. Stan, Wendy, and I, hey, we're taking an adventure to the Amazon, and you're coming along with us, but you got to wait because we got to take a commercial break. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water. The world class in and offshore fishing off the exotic tropical Pacific coast of mainland Mexico. Why not fish the sailfish capital of the world, Manzanillo, Mexico, with the folks you know and trust, Cedros Outdoor Adventures. In Manzanillo, you can find roosterfish, sailfish, marlin, tuna, dorado, and more. All within 20 miles of the shore. Our friends at Cedros Outdoor Adventures are offering an all-inclusive travel package to Manzanillo that makes your winter fishing dreams a reality for a special price of $21.95. 
Cedros Outdoor Adventures is a name you learn to trust for safety and value. But these trips are available for a limited time only, starting this fall through March 2021. Learn further trip details and make your reservation at cedrosoutdooradventures.com or call at 619-793-5419. Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, as a listening note, next Sunday night, live from Manzanilla, we're going to have the folks from Cedros Outdoor Adventures to tell us all about this new adventure that they are offering to Manzanilla, Mexico. So, Make sure you stay tuned. So, hey, but tonight, man, we have an individual on that probably has one of the sweetest jobs that anyone could imagine. He takes groups to exotic places around the world, South America, places that are little known, little fish, and treats them to maybe what could be their bucket list item when it comes to adventure. Mr. Steve Yatami from Adventure Travel Alliance. Steve. Thank you again for being with us, sir. Thanks for having me. Now, Steve, uh, before we get into more of the details about what what you're doing, how does someone fall into this type of a job? Because I, I've got to tell you, you didn't go to school to study for this. That's for sure. No, you know, it was my love of travel and a love of fishing. Um Pretty much. You know, back in the mid-90s when we lost our permits to fish the Revilla Hejedos, I had a choice, you know, just sitting at home or going down to the Venezuelan Amazon. So I made a trip there, and and that was it. I got jungle fever, and uh, (laughs) I've been fishing down in the jungle ever since. You know, Steve was a really excellent uh, long long range fisherman, uh, and and that's how he he got the knowledge of what to do and how to fish for all the different species that we do long range. But with that knowledge, and then taking that knowledge and taking uh, starting to fish down where he started in the Amazon, uh, and then once he got a little bit of an uh, uh, an idea how to make it better and right because they didn't know what they were doing and he was the kind of the guide for everybody uh and he started taking people down there including larry Dahlberg, the tv show all these guys that wanted to go down there and make uh something happen steve was the man to get that going he'd line it up with the people in the country and and make it better for them also which is he's continued to do and his reputation there has been excellent and then Along with that, he got to go to places like he, he was talking about, Guyana. But I know he's been to Russia. He's been all over the place and over to uh, 
Africa for the Nile perch and those, that big fish over there. Um, uh, I think it was Victoria we were talking about going to, you'd been to and, and uh, fishing the big fish over there. You've, you've had a wonderful ride, if you want to call it that, of taking people to catch monsters, basically, uh, or a species that they've never been able to catch before. And I mean, that you've, your, your record has been pretty fun. Every year we check each other out at the Fred Hall Show and you tell me about what's new, which has been fun to follow you in, in, in the career and what you've been able to do and take people to. Uh, I mean, the, you, you need to talk to a little bit about one, your new location you're going to be talking about in the Amazon. But tell us a little bit after that about, you know, the places you've gone to like Victoria and, and South Africa and, and all these other different species that you've been able to play with a little bit. Yeah, you know, I spent a, a good amount of time in Africa. I've been to 28 of the, I think, 56 countries there fishing. So, and that, sniffing around for those tiger fish, those are pretty... Yeah. Pretty amazing fish. Their jaws unhinged. They can eat a fish a third its size. Oversized tail, speed, and power. It's like a bonefish. Uh, been chasing those for a while, you know, and, and that's been pretty tough because in Africa, people need to eat. So, you know, nets are an issue. Um, but I guess in the last Eight years, we found a new species of tiger fish in Tanzania, and that looks pretty special. These tigers got up to 30 pounds, so those, those are fun. Um, but other than that, you know, it was Nile perch. We did Nile perch in Lake Victoria and and uh, the Aswan Dam in Egypt. Fish? You know, I think the biggest one we caught was 230 pounds. They call them samoose there, but they're big enough. You could put a five-gallon bucket down their throat, and they, they <laughs> jump just like a largemouth. They hit like a largemouth. We were using super shad wraps to catch them, so that, that was pretty fun. You know, they just pull a little harder. Um, and, and even that in a... that lake, there's a different type of species of tiger fish. They don't get as big, but... When you catch a tiger, they're always a lot of fun. They're instantly up in the air. So you add that on with being able to fish at Abu Simbo, see the pyramids. I mean, it's great. Not to mention fishing in the Red Sea where you can catch most of those species we catch out here, but more like on the medium size. Nothing's huge, but... Just a good experience. You know, uh, Steve, uh, you know, you watch people like Jeremy Way that go to exotic places, and he's there for the fun of of, of catching it. He's a big proponent of, of catch and release. A lot of times where you're fishing, are, are people also fishing for fish that because that's how they sustain their lifestyle? And do you contribute that, by that to helping them show how to catch some of these fish? Well, no, what I do is normally, you know, they they, they do take fish out of the river, but I just educate them not to take the breeders out and not to use nets, just to use hand lines. Um, 
and and get them into farming, farming, raising chickens, raising livestock. There's a you know numerous other ways than just going to the river and and cleaning it out. So um, that's kind of what I try and achieve if I find that the fishery is 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 a good one. So. And you know what? As we're talking about that right now, um, in Argentina, they have a fish called the Golden Dorado, which is very, very beautiful. And the nickname is the River Tiger. So on the Piranha River, um, it's been netted out uh, really bad for a long time, but they're starting to make a comeback. And, you know, just with the knowledge of, you know, less netting and management and everything, it's coming back pretty strong to be a good wild fishery. And you're going to see that river start kicking out some 40- and 50-pound fish in the very near future, maybe in the next three years. But right now, they're catching good, solid 30-pound fish, along with these... Serby catfish that get up to about 250 pounds. Um, you know, you know when we don't had... Don't take uh, your light gear, you're saying. Don't take your light gear with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I would say I, I travel with just travel rods now. Four and five piece travel rods. And I would say the the heaviest rod that I fish with is would be like a, a super heavy swim bait rod. And, really? you know, it does the job well. And then down from there. But, you know, mainly the stuff we fish local bass with all the way up to, I'd say, heavy bait sticks. But nothing, nothing heavier than that. How long a rod do you only take? How long? Seven-footer, six-and-a-half? Oh, the longest I I take is maybe an eight-footer. The longest. Yeah, you know, the eight-footer, the problem is is that, man, when you get on that big fish, you know, like a New Guinea bass, and then what that is is just a freshwater snapper, that thing will hurt you. So, (laughs) you know, fishing a six-foot or a a six-and-a-half-foot rod, it, it, it it's much more forgiving on your shoulder, but you Wendy, know if you can imagine you a bear snapper go? in fresh water with wood and rocks. It's like right now, or game over. So, so Steve, yeah. what kind of uh, reels and what are you using? Are you using wood choppers or what? What kind of bait? <laughs> well. I use a lot of different types of subsurface baits, uh, extra heavy spinner baits, um, top waters. Uh, we use wood choppers mainly for the Amazon, but poppers and walkers for the rest of the world. Um, walkers are very effective. Um, and fun. Jig, jigs are very effective. Um, you know, your hair jigs. Uh, spoons are very effective. Um, yeah, I think well, that pretty much covers it because what it is is you're very limited to what you can take. Normally, fifty pounds in a week. So you got to think, what are good hard baits? 
Like when I go to the Amazon, I don't take any plastic bait because I can't afford to take 20 pounds worth of plastic. <laughs> so I take metal and wood. And that you know, seems to uh, do Steve, the trick. When we had when we had Larry Dahlberg on, he was saying that, you know, in his experience fishing all over the world, sometimes he's fishing in in countries where there's a little civil unrest and that he's sometimes felt a little intimidated, but he felt as long as I stay on the water, I'm doing okay. I know you work a lot with governments because of the the uh, uh, the work that you do with the indigenous people and, and showing them a, a different lifestyle. But have you been in a situation where you felt a little uncomfortable at times? Um, I think it was once, and it was about 1992. They had a coup for a day in Zambia. So we were tiger fish fishing, and we got stuck there for a day. And then we were let out after that. Um, other than that, you know... I've crossed into Venezuela when Chavez was president, and I went to a border town where I used to fly out of to go down to the Amazon basin, and it was it was okay, no issues. I mean, um, I really don't like putting myself in danger or anybody that I'm with. If I feel it's safe, then it then you know I'll go check it out. But, uh, no, not lately. Everything's been been good. Well, I know also you are going to some of the most remote, remotest places in the world. Uh, have there been times when you've actually uh, gotten stuck either coming or going and you're thinking to yourself, how the heck am I going to get home? Um, well, yeah, you know, kind of like last month, I flew down to Manaus, and I spent uh, 45 days in the jungle. And trying to get back out, they canceled my flight, so I was delayed for another four or five days. And, you know, what I gather was pretty much economic. So they canceled that flight, and I'd spend extra days, and then I was able to get out. But since then... They have more flights now, so I guess, you know, things are getting better. Uh, less wait time, you know, an hour layover instead of eight hours. Uh, when I first left, the airport in Panama was just opening as I got there. So that was a big to-do. And, and and coming and going, I had, I had long layovers, so... Hopefully the skies will open up to some of these destinations soon, um, like the direct flights back to Manaus from, I think, Houston and Florida and Panama City. Um, those should open up in the next month or so. I know Guyana's opened up. Um, Indonesia hasn't quite opened up yet, but... If anybody wants a, a, a tough fish pound for pound, think of that New Guinea bass. It's that same family as the Cabrera, but they live in freshwater. Yeah, well, those Steve, are pretty tell, awesome. Tell us about the mechanism that is uh, Adventure Travel Alliance. I mean, do you have 
Uh, trips already planned, the location, and you try to recruit individuals to come with you on these trips? Or do you also have individuals that say, Steve, I want to go here, I want to go there, or I need a recommendation on where uh, you want to take me that maybe I haven't been, and uh, I've got a group of people that want to come along with me. How does that work? Yeah, you know, they just give me a call pretty much, you know, I try and help them out and, and to find what their bucket list fish is and the best place to to send them to. Um, most a lot of those times, you know, I'll go with them or or I'll send them on their way and just have them book direct. Um, you know, it depends on on my schedule. Um, you know, these last few years, I've been doing a lot of conservation work, so I have a lot of people coming in. And, to the camp while I'm working, and and they go fishing. I get to see some of the stuff that I I get to do and stuff. You know, some of the challenges, and, and they all love it. I mean, they all keep coming back. You know, it's like family now. But you know, for bucket lists, if you were to call me, I'd do my best to help you because I would want you to get your bucket list fish. You know, it, to me, it, it's not. So much about money it's about getting there safely not having an issue and dealing with the right people right can you can you go kind of like in the way back machine and did there a trip that comes to mind or a location that you've been to steve that you go man uh i wish they were all this good or they were all like this Um, yeah, you know, all of them change with time. God, that's, that's the bad thing. See, um, forever, I'm waiting to get back into Venezuela. <laughs> waiting for Venezuela and waiting for the Congo to be safe. So that's kind of a couple things I'm looking at. But as far as, you know, listening to people and their experiences and everything, I have to say Guyana is pretty high on the list. People just love it. And one of the main reasons is, is that the national language is English. So they can talk to the guides and talk to everybody there and, and learn about their culture. I mean, we, we are staying with Makushi, Waipashana Indians. So, you know, it, it's very fascinating and how hard they work i mean they'll carry a, a 18 foot aluminum boat three of them they'll carry it 300 yards to the lagoon so you can go catch you know one of the biggest fish in your life um and you know they're happy about it they're just good natured people so you know saying that is good and and you know and, and also, trying to compare these fish, it's just apples and oranges. It's, it's all good. For me, it's the people that I meet along the way that that really makes my trip enjoyable. You know, and Steve, don't you also work a lot with the politicians of, of the area, whether it's regional or even nationally, to start setting up guidelines for catching these fish and how to go about doing it and limits and stuff like that because uh you know you're just not a guy coming into the country going okay let's go fishing you're just a lot more than that 
Well, I work with the Department of Fisheries in Guyana, and we have set up a, a self-patrol system employing people in the, in the village to look after their own resources, to have them have control, and to work with uh, the next lodge downstream is Zero Krama, which is funded by the royal family. So, you know, between that and working with the Department of Fisheries in Guyana, um, loosely working with the IGFA to get all this stuff done, um, now I'm going to work. Uh, there's nine communities in Brazil that tonight, all the p communities, they all signed, they all want to work. So next is going to the Fed and writing a proposal of what we're doing. It's a full-on catch and release, H hire everybody from the community, along with uh, resources, uh, utilizing their natural resources. I mean, you know, in my there's a natural oil that that you can use for uh, a sunscreen. No additives at all. It's cold pressed and it works really well. We had three visitors from England kayak from the headwaters of the Essequibo down to the Caribbean. Three weeks, and these are ladies from England, so they don't see much sun, but none of them got burned. So it's oils like that, you know, that we can get them to um, produce, right. and then yeah. we can help them that way and, and you know, build schools, uh, have a better clinic, you know, just better, better way of living. So that's what we're trying to do. You know, Steve, you know, Steve I... I Go on, uh, Stan. I was going to say, you know, that when talking to Steve over the years, you know, he's kind of like gets to be the innovator. When when he first went to Victoria, we were talking, and, and I mean, that's to take people there. One, you know, you don't know exactly what the the fish are going to, how big that fish is going to be, um, and and then you know the different baits and how to how to catch them, because that's all a learning curve too. But you had a pretty good time up there with the pretty big wow factor in the size of those fish too didn't you oh yeah i've had a lot of wow factors i have to take a step back you know when i went first went to venezuela uh i came in contact with the yanomami indians which is the most primitive tribe on earth and they're paleo mongoloids so they're you know, about four feet tall. They all have the bowl cut. They have sticks going through their nose and their mouths. And as we were pulling up, they were pounding their uh, bowls and arrows on the cliff. And it's like, are we sure we want to get out of the boat here? Is this going to be <laughs> it or what? So, you know, we, you know, it's that little wow factor. And, and we got up there and, you know, got a few things straightened out and everything was okay. But, you know, I do it over and over and over again, you know, to go through that experience, you know, because very few people have ever been in contact with these people. And and the other side of it, up in uh, Papua New Guinea, the wild, I call it the wild, wild west, that's the other primitive side of the world. And to come in contact with some of those people on the highlands, yeah, you've got to be really careful. But it's it's a it's a 
great and fascinating experience. Wow. Steve, <laughs> we're, we're coming close to the end of our time with you. Just time has gone by way, way, way too quick. But tell us, if people want to get in contact with you, again, how's the best way to do it? And how's the best way to find out just exactly what it is you're offering? Um, you know, you can call me. Call me at 805-501-7403. Or you can email me at atafishing at gmail.com. You know, when I'm in the country, I'm always available or leave me a message. You got questions about trips, whether you book them with me or not, I'm going to give you the straight information because I want you to have a, a good time. So I'm it's... always on Facebook and Messenger, so you can find me there. And and those are those are the main areas. Uh, www.adventuretravelalliance.com. You can find me there. And you have a Facebook group that people can join to see some, not only some of the places that you go to, uh, images of that, but, Steve, I don't know, where do you get all the photos of the wildlife that you've got? Just incredible. Yeah, you know, when you travel, you know, it's like when I, when I travel fishing, I have my long lens out all the time. You know, I get stuff off the net, but I get a lot of stuff out of my, I have so many, so many pictures, it's unreal. That's why, you know, taking these trips and making the change from just, you know, going out and going on a long-range trip, it was just amazing to me. You know, just culture, being able to pull out that camera and in two weeks shoot 13,000 shots and fish at the same time, it's just amazing. Wow. And tell us tell us about the new group that you've got. It isn't new, but the group that you have on Facebook that we can uh, uh, join to follow you. Yeah, it's called Off the Beaten Path Anglers. If you're interested in going someplace where nobody else really goes to, that where you can catch these big fish and and see it before it changes, this is a place for you to, to join in, and you can see some of those pictures. All right. Steve Yatami from uh, uh, Adventure Travel uh, Alliance. You know, I'm happy we could catch up with you because you're, you're not in the United States uh, that often, and maybe you're here a little more than you want to be right now, but that's going to be changed. I can't thank you enough for spending some time to relate some of your experiences with us, to tell us about what you're doing, and what a great ambassador you are for America when it comes to other people, especially that they have absolutely no idea what we're about, that you actually bring a little bit of America to them. Well, thank you for having me, and, and uh, yeah, I'll be checking in with you from time to time. I got some well, big things coming up this year, so I'll check in with you. But thank you for having me. All right. Thank you, thank you Steve. Thanks. Hey, Stan and Wendy, that's it for tonight. Thanks a lot. We'll be back uh, next Sunday night live here on AM 540 at 505. Until then. 
thanks to Otto and our AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, and our good friend at Elkhorn Ford, Paul Leader. So until then, good night, everyone. We're out for now. Got your hound dog by your side. That's old Cindy Lou going with me. Gone fishing. Mm-hmm.